Ezra chapter 3. When the seventh month had come, and the children of Israel were in the cities, the people gathered themselves together as one man to Jerusalem. Then Jeshua the son of Josadak stood up with his brothers the priests, and Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel and his brothers, and built the altar of the God of Israel, to offer burnt offerings on it as it is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. In spite of their fear, because of the priests of the people of the surrounding lands, they set the altar on its base, and they offered burnt offerings on it to Yahweh, even burnt offerings morning and evening. They kept the feast of booths, as it is written, and offered the daily burnt offerings by number, according to the ordinance, as the duty of every day required. And afterward, the continual burnt offering, the offerings of the new moons, and all the set feasts of Yahweh that were consecrated, and of everyone who willingly offered a freewill offering to Yahweh. From the first day of the seventh month, they began to offer burnt offerings to Yahweh, but the foundation of Yahweh's temple was not yet laid. They also gave money to the masons and to the carpenters. They also gave food, drink and oil to the people of Sidon and Tyre to bring cedar trees from Lebanon to the sea to Joppa, according to the grant that they had from Cyrus, king of Persia. Now in the second year of their coming to God's house at Jerusalem, in the second month, Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel and Jeshua the son of Josadak, and the rest of their brothers, the priests and Levites, and all those who had come out of the captivity to Jerusalem, began the work and appointed the Levites from twenty years old and upward to have the oversight of the work of Yahweh's house. Then Joshua stood with his sons and his brothers, Cadmiel and his sons, the sons of Judah, together to have oversight of the workmen in God's house, the sons of Henadad with their sons and their brothers, the Levites. When the builders laid the foundation of Yahweh's temple, they set the priests in their clothing with trumpets, with the Levites, the son of Asaph, with cymbals, to praise Yahweh according to the direction of David, king of Israel. They sang to one another in praising and giving thanks to Yahweh, for he is good, his loving kindness endures forever toward Israel. All the people shouted with a great shout when they praised Yahweh, because the foundation of Yahweh's house had been laid. But many of the priests and Levites and heads of the father's households, the old men who had seen the first house, when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, wept with a loud voice. But many also shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the noise was heard far away. So this is the part where they start to build the temple. Remember, Cyrus gave a decree that said that, that the Lord wanted a temple built for his name, and he sent people back to do it. And here they are, they've started. And um, notice Ezra isn't in the story yet. So at this point, it's um, Joshua. And Zerubbabel, Joshua the son of uh, Jehozadak, and Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel, and they're here, and they're building, and uh, they managed to build the foundation of God's temple. So just if it was in you know modern construction terminology, we'd say they've laid the slab. <laughs> you know the, the concrete's gone down, but back then, of course, it wasn't concrete. They'd just get these big rocks and then put them in place. That was the foundation. And so they laid the foundation and then they sang a song to, you know, on this foundation. And the song they sang, it only had a few verses there, but it was actually Psalm 136. I know because I looked it up. <laughs> you 
you know, you, you type the words in, you see, does this appear anywhere else in the Bible? It does, Psalm 136. And so it's very cool that they're still singing the same songs here. You know, they've come back to the land of Jerusalem and they're still singing the same songs they were singing before. Very cool. Now, there were, of course, these old people here who had left more than 50 years before who remembered what the temple looked like and it says they wept. Now, why were they weeping? My guess is two reasons. One, they were weeping because it was so good to finally see the temple going back up again. So it was something that moved their hearts. They were weeping for joy. And um, But later on, when we read, um, later on, I think we find elsewhere in the Bible, and I've forgotten the reference, we find that there were people who were comparing the, the temple they remembered with the new temple that was built. Uh, I think it's Haggai. And it says, the glory of the, the latter house shall be greater than the glory of the former house. But people were looking at the latter house as the second temple. They were looking at the second temple and saying it's nowhere near as good as the first house. And there were people that were like, I guess, disappointed, even weeping, that the new temple wasn't as good as the old one. But when the Lord said the glory of the latter house will be greater, it actually wasn't that house he was talking about. It was the church. The church and the glory of what God was going to do in that was going to far exceed the glory of Israel and the law. And so what we've got here is we've got this symbol, you know, of a foundation going down of a new temple. It's a symbol of the fact that God's building a new temple. And what is it? It's the body of Christ. And the Bible says in the New Testament, it says that the foundation is the, the apostles and the prophets. It says Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. So this temple, the New Testament temple, which has greater glory than the old temple, it's made of people. It's made of us in relationship to each other. And so these Israelites, you know, they returned. They looked at this foundation. They had tears of joy. Some of them were shouting with joy. Others had tears of joy. They were weeping with joy. They were happy. Um, but they're, they're thinking a physical thing. But what we've got is something that's not physical, but far more real, far more wonderful. And such a foundation is, in fact, being built in the world today. On one hand, we already have the foundation because we've, we've got the apostles of the New Testament, we've got the prophets of the Old Testament, we've got the Bible, we've got Jesus Christ, so we have this foundation that's unshakable, that's true. But in practical terms of the church right now, we need this type of a foundation. We need apostles and prophets whose lives are so knit together that, and, and leaders in the church that, whose lives are so knit together that they love one another, and that is an unshakable foundation for us who are alive serving God right now. So in a grand kind of cosmic, all of time sense, that foundation's already there. But in a kind of a sense of right now in the world, we don't have a super strong foundation because we don't have apostles and prophets in place properly. And the leaders of the body of Christ often fight with each other and compete rather than serve and love. So there's something that you can weep about. <laughs> it's not really funny, but it's there's something you can take to your prayers. You can say, Lord, we need a foundation in the body of Christ. We need the apostles and the prophets in place. We need them to love one another. We need them to, be, to serve one another. We need the church to be strong and unshakable. We need that foundation. And uh, I tell you what, the Lord is building a temple and it's made of you and me. And as we go through this book, thinking about the building of the temple, and as we go through the book of Nehemiah, talking about the building of the walls, both of these are pictures of 
the building of the church and, and the parts that are being used to build are us. We, the believers, are the, the materials of the building, but we are also the builders of the building. But ultimately, Jesus Christ is the builder of these things. So all of these symbols, uh, they're all interwoven, but it's all very, very true. Our lives are supposed to be joined together in the Lord to become a temple. The Lord is faithful in keeping his words. And you can bet your bottom dollar that when the Lord said to Cyrus all those years ago that he was going to be a shepherd and a Messiah and he was going to you know, let Jerusalem be rebuilt, that's a picture of Jesus Christ who says to us, let the church be built. The Lord is the one who builds his church, but we are to cooperate with him in that. So if you think about it, if there's any part of the body of Christ which you despise, you look down on, for various reasons, well, you're despising something the Lord's trying to do and you're resisting him building his church. Instead, surrender to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't want to oppose you, but Lord, help me. And Lord, build your church. And then the Lord knows how to sort out differences and difficulties that do exist. So Heavenly Father, thank us. Lord, we don't want to stand in your way. We don't want to block the Holy Spirit's moving. And Lord, just as the second temple was under construction back in the book of Ezra, Lord, you are building your temple. You're building your church now. And may the gates of hell not prevail in Jesus' name. Amen.